0: Welcome in to OutKick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. Hope all of you are having fantastic Thursdays wherever you are across this great nation or this great land. Uh, I got a couple different things I want to hit with you. Thursday night football is tonight. I am on the Cardinals minus two and a half against the Saints. I think the Cardinals, in other words, win by a field goal or more. I am also on the under 43 And a half. I don't believe either one of these offenses will be very productive. I like the Cardinals to get the win over the Saints, drop the Saints to two and five. Um, Very disappointing year there. Um, And uh, as the fallout from Sean Payton and Drew Brees uh, moving on continues to be felt in New Orleans. Uh, And again, I like the under 43 and a half in that one. Uh, News. I told you, countdown. I'm going to be talking about the latest numbers, both in gambling and polling and how those are interrelated. Uh, As we speak right now, Dr. Oz today uh, continued to extend his lead in the betting markets and a poll came out in the last hour or so that for the first time showed in Pennsylvania that race is dead even as we sit here 19 days out. Hitting the panic button, John Fetterman, who can barely speak, required Joe Biden, who can barely speak, to come campaign for him in Pennsylvania, a state that is overwhelmingly unhappy with Joe Biden's presidency so far, and the gambling markets continue to pour money in on Dr. Oz, seeing this as it is a desperate ploy by a desperate candidate who is unable to do the job. As his introductory remarks, Joe Biden, what did he say? He said that John Fetterman's wife was going to do a great job in the Senate, which is vintage Joe Biden. Then when he finished his speech, he didn't know how to leave the stage. I would submit to you that Fetterman and Biden, in conjunction together, are the two most unintelligible politicians to ever run for substantial office ever to be placed together on Air Force One. I would love to have a transcript, as Buck Sexton and I said, if we left our radio show for the day and if John Fetterman and Joe Biden were to take over for us and guest host the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show for the day, by the end of three hours, Joe Biden, the 25th Amendment would be put in place. I just don't think anybody could defend Joe Biden being able to be president anymore. And John Fetterman might get totally taken off the ballot in Pennsylvania because I don't think he could talk on our radio show for three hours to say nothing of doing live reads, of taking phone calls, of interviewing guests. It'd be an unmitigated disaster. That's where we are. Good news. Uh, As I am speaking to you uh, right now, earlier this morning, money has poured in on Republicans to control the Senate. In fact, as I sit here right now, Republicans are around a minus 150-ish favorite. They have reversed being a substantial underdog in terms of who is going to control the Senate. And money has poured in on Herschel Walker to effectively, earlier this morning, turn him into the favorite in the Georgia Senate race. This thing is a absolute battleground there. I've told you for a long time, I believe Herschel Walker is going to be the next senator from Georgia. So uh, my belief is, and I told you this a long time ago, back in fact when I was in Austin for the start basically of college football, right after Labor Day, we did the show live from Austin, Texas, and I gave you three Republican underdogs that I believed were going to win and encouraged you to parlay it if you wanted to have some fun. I said Carrie Lake was going to be elected governor of Arizona. She is. I said Herschel Walker was going to be elected uh, as the senator from Georgia. He is. And I also told you that Dr. Oz was going to be the senator from Pennsylvania. All three of those candidates at the time I gave them to you were underdogs in the betting markets and in the polls. They now, all three, are favored to win their races, and all three of them are going to win their races. Here's another underdog that I believe is going to win, Blake Masters in Arizona. I think if you want to get an underdog, right now Blake Masters, small underdog in the gambling markets, I think Masters is going to win in Arizona. Uh, I believe that we're going to see uh, Oz win in Pennsylvania, Herschel win in Georgia, and Adam Laxalt win in Nevada. If that all happens, then also we got a chance for Tiffany Smiley to pull off an upset in Washington and Joe O'Day to pull off an upset in Colorado, not to mention a much smaller upset that could be brewing in New Hampshire where uh, Donald Baldock could win the Granite State there. okay. On top of all of these, look out for Tudor Dixon, governor potentially of Michigan. Christine Drazen, I believe, is going to win in Oregon, and Lee Zeldin is going to give Kathy Hochul a run for everything she has in New York. Not only is a red wave brewing, A red tsunami is brewing right now, and it could lead to an absolute onslaught that sweeps out a lot of candidates that nobody is even thinking might end up losing on election day. Again, that red tsunami is building as we sit here 19 days out. All of the polls, all of the gambling odds rolling in and now in favor of Republicans. Uh, Russell Wilson. I actually feel bad for Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't know what in the world has happened to him since he left Seattle. Russell Wilson in Seattle is a guaranteed NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. Nearly won two Super Bowls. Consistently won tons of games. Made plays late. Looked fabulous with Pete Carroll in Seattle. I don't know what's going on right now with the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. He's got a new commercial out. Everything that he seems to do is the most awkward thing that someone could do. Uh, Whether it's continue to say, let's ride Broncos. Whether it's uh, all of the storylines that we are following right here. They are all continuing to build and conspire and create more absurdity surrounding this situation. And I don't know how all of this is going to end up getting resolved. But the Broncos effectively committing, what is it, like $200 million to Russell Wilson? Looks like an incredibly bad $200 million to have spent. And we'll see what ends up happening. But this is, to me, one of the most unexpected storylines of the 2022 NFL season. I'm going to be honest with you. I just didn't see the Broncos and Russell Wilson, because there's good offensive talent on that team coming out and failing to the degree that they have. That is where we are right now. We'll be right back. Got to take a little break here. We are rolling without kicking. You don't want to miss a moment. Stay tuned. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK systems through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now, this is a big deal. Every single political candidate running for office in 19 days needs to be asked about this. The CDC has come out and voted to include the COVID shot in the recommended, uh, 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 recommended shots the recommended vaccine package that kids get in order to go to school, okay? Basically, they're treating the COVID shot like it's measles, mumps, rubella. Here's the difference. Everybody's already had COVID just about. Almost every kid out there has already had COVID. And if you're a parent and you're like, my kid never had COVID, there's probably a very, very good chance that they did. And it was such a mild case that you never knew because most young kids have virtually no impact from having COVID, okay? My kids have never tested positive for COVID. I would be stunned if they haven't had it, considering I've had COVID at least twice, probably more, frankly. My wife has had COVID multiple times as well. It seems highly unlikely that our kids have not had it also. Your kids, too. I've been straightforward. I've been transparent. I've told you the truth on this for a long time. My kids... I'm not going to get the COVID shot for them, okay? Uh, Chances are, your young kids, same thing is true. Somewhere around 95% of young children, that's six-month to five-year-olds, parents are choosing not to get the COVID shot, which is why I think this most recent Marist poll that came out uh, showed that parents are voting Republican 64 to 29 that is, Republicans are plus 35 right now for parents. And a large part of this, I think, has to do with schools being closed, kids being required to wear masks, and now with the CDC trying to mandate that your kids wear, uh, uh, get the COVID shot. Now, CDC saying, we're not requiring any state to require the COVID shot. We're just merely giving recommendations that they do so. Let me tell you something, so many states out there, and you parents know exactly what I'm saying, they deferred completely to the CDC recommendations, all these bureaucrats in so many different states just said, well, we're going to follow the CDC recommendation. They didn't actually do their own research, they didn't actually make their own decisions. Worse than that, they tried to pass the buck and say, oh, your kids have to wear masks, Because it's a CDC recommendation. We're just following the guidance from the experts. How often have you heard that over the last couple of years? Oh, this isn't our decision. We're just listening to the public health experts. So the CDC coming out and saying, well, we're not mandating anything. We're just giving recommendations. No, 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 no. It's time to hold politicians accountable and keep these unelected bureaucrats from trying to dictate what you do and do not do for your children. So, every single politician out there running for elective office needs to be asked in the next 19 days, do you support mandatory COVID shots in order for kids to go to school? Every single one of them. We just had Carrie Lake, who's running for governor from Arizona and is going to win. We just had her on the show. And she said, of course, she's not supporting it. I already saw Governor Ron DeSantis put out a video saying, as long as he's governor of Florida, it's not going to happen there. A lot of us are fortunate to live in red states. I'm one of them. Okay. But the reality is this there are a lot of politicians out there that are going to dodge this question when they're directly asked it. Almost all of them are going to be Democrats. And as soon as the midterms are over, they're going to tell you, hey, We're going to require your kid to get the COVID shot because the CDC has recommended it and they're the public health experts. I'm telling you this is exactly what's going to happen. So if the media actually wants to do its job, we need to have elected officials putting their opinions out there and allowing the American public to vote, including all these parents, about whether or not they want COVID shot mandates to be put in place. It is indefensible. These shots do not make kids safer. Most kids have already had COVID, and there is, unfortunately, bigger risk to young, healthy people from the COVID shot than there is from not getting the COVID shot at all. This is indefensible, and we need to have a real debate with people actually saying what they believe. Now, the truth is, parents are voting, right? Right? Parents are voting with the decision they're making about whether or not to get their kids the COVID shot. That's already occurring. And the vast majority of parents are saying, we are not going to get the COVID shot for our kids, particularly the young kids. I'm not doing it as a parent. I know the vast majority of parents watching and listening to this right now are making the same choice, but we need to ensure that these COVID shot mandates are not going to be put in place and that we can vote. And I would just say this. If you're an undecided voter out there, easy choice. Republicans, by and large, are going to let you make a choice about whether or not your kid gets the COVID shot. Democrats, by and large, are not. Democrats also shut down all your schools, defended the teachers' unions for not wanting to work. This needs to be, and I believe it is going to be, a reckoning election on all the failed policies of Democrats nationwide reasonable, rational, independent thinkers, whether they're Democrats, Republicans, independents not connected to any party, are waking up and overwhelmingly saying it's time to hold Joe Biden and the Democrats responsible for their failed policies. This needs to be a red wave election. It needs to be a reckoning election. All right, gambling picks. I got a bunch of gambling picks for you guys out there. Uh, This is 14 different winners. 14 different winners for all of you out there. College football gambling picks. We are on a little bit of a downswing. A little bit of a downswing right now in uh, the gambling picks. But, like Lazarus, we're about to rise. Indiana plus three and a half at Rutgers. Remember <laughs> remember all those blue check losers who were so mad at Tennessee fans because they didn't want Greg Schiano. And they said, oh, the Tennessee football program's never going to recover from Shiano's Sunday. There's never going to be a time when Tennessee's good again. Number three in the country. Rutgers hasn't won a Big Ten game yet. I'm taking Indiana plus the three and a half. Iowa, got a lot of Hawkeyes out there. Your offense is impossible to watch. I was with a Hawkeye last night, Jill Savage, out to, uh, to dinner with my buddy uh, Jacob Ullman, having a charity event, and... I was saying, your offense is so hard to watch. They're at Ohio State this weekend. I think Iowa covers the 28 and a half. Syracuse. Clemson, I have not been impressed by. I just haven't. I think Syracuse, the orange are undefeated. A lot of people surprised by that. Going on the road at Clemson, I like Syracuse plus the 13 and a half points. UNLV at Notre Dame. Simple truth. I'm not making Notre Dame... A 25 and a half point favorite over any FBS team in the country right now. They haven't been consistent enough to support that. I'm going with UNLV plus the points. BYU at Liberty. Hugh Freeze auditioning to be the next Auburn Head football coach. BYU at Liberty plus seven. BYU got trashed, got absolutely wrecked. Okay. I think that we are going to see uh, Liberty. Have a lot of success against BYU. Arkansas put up 644 total yards on the road, including 277 on the ground last week. I think Liberty has success. Wins outright. Definitely covers the seven. Ole Miss LSU. I like LSU minus the point and a half. I think they knock Ole Miss from the ranks of the unbeaten. And I like the over 67 and a half down on the bayou. Texas, Oklahoma State. Give me the fighting Mike Gundy's. Give me the Cowboys plus the six and a half in this one. I just don't believe that Texas is that much better to be able to go on the road and take down Oklahoma State. I know tough double overtime loss against TCU last week, and I know that Texas got the win against Iowa State. And Texas is feeling good about themselves sitting at five and two. I like Oklahoma State plus six and a half. Uh, UCLA, also another underdog. Coming off the bye week, Oregon is two. I like UCLA. Chip Kelly returning to Alton Stadium. I like UCLA plus the six and a half. Keep it close against Dan Lanning's squad. Oregon, by the way, has played very well since the absolute beatdown they took from Georgia in week one of this season. Vanderbilt-Mizzou, I'm going with the over 51. Vandy's given up 55, 52, and 55 so far in the college football season in the SEC. Mizzou actually got their bye week before Vanderbilt, which seems very unfair. Two weeks for Eli Drinkwitz. I like the over 51 in this one. Mississippi State, very enigmatic team, Mississippi State. One bad half on the road against LSU. They did not play well at all. Credit to the Kentucky Wildcats, who beat down Mississippi State in a way that I did not think would happen uh, last Saturday. But 21 points is a lot. I don't like Alabama to cover this 21 number. In fact, Alabama, against quality competition, has only really played well uh, against Vanderbilt, and that's defining quality competition really expansively. Uh, The Tide were fortunate to win against Texas, fortunate to win against Texas A&M, lost on the final play against Tennessee. I think Alabama's good. I don't think they're great. I think 21 is too many for Mike Leach's squad. Um, and I like Penn State minus four at Minnesota as well as the under 44-and-a-half. James Franklin's team on the road at Minnesota gets the win. They got whipped last week by Michigan. Fight back on the road against a Minnesota team that is not very good. I think it's low scoring. I think this one's like 24-14 to final. I like the under, and I like Penn State to cover the number. Finally, Texas A&M at South Carolina under cashes with ease in this one in Columbia, under 44.5. Those were all the numbers, by the way, uh, that were up yesterday. So I use the numbers that exist on Wednesday. So if the numbers have changed since, you can go look at it. Some may have moved in our direction. Some may have moved against us. Uh, I love all of you. Got to go give a speech now in downtown Nashville. Early, congrats. I'll mention this again tomorrow uh, to Tommy Laren. Uh, and JP uh, Aaron Sibia. Uh, they are getting married tomorrow in Nashville. Tommy's been doing fantastic work for us. JP played baseball uh, at the University of Tennessee, then played in major leagues as well. They are getting married tomorrow uh, in Nashville, and uh, I'm excited to go to their wedding. Uh, appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I'm going to go run and go get my kids now. Uh, and get ready for that speech i got to give later tonight in Nashville. Thanks for hanging out with us. Red Tsunami is coming. Get your bets in. 14-0. and 0. We're on a roll. Let's keep it going. This has been Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to ask BAP.